Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, Time now to talk to the Celtics president of basketball operations. Danny Ainge is brought to you by Star Market. Come see what makes us shine. He joins us on the phone from Cleveland. Hey, Danny, how are you? Dale, how we doing? Mike, Rich, how we doing today? Good. Hey, you got our names down, man. This is a good start. We appreciate you. Got the names down? Hey, Ready to go? I, you know, I've, I've heard of, you know, guys in your position having an active summer. Uh, you were in the Eastern Conference Finals last spring. You were one of the four best teams in the NBA. And you changed 11 of the 15 guys on the squad? Who's ever done that before? You know, Dale, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, we're, we don't, we're just trying to figure out, uh, manage a roster and a payroll and, you know, the, the, the present and the future. And, you know, sometimes crazy things happen. But hopefully this team can be together a little bit longer than the last group. So what have you seen so far? I know you only had four preseason games and uh, game one tonight. Uh, are they are they further along than you expected in some ways about what you expected? Just your your analysis of what you have seen uh, so far. Well, I think it's really hard because, you know, exhibition season is not real NBA basketball. So um, it's hard to know. I'm excited about our team. I like our team. The, the morale, I like the fact that each guy that is on our roster right now is really excited to be a Boston Celtic, and um, and I think that that goes a long way, you know, and it enables you to be able to fight through the tough times and and have the attitude of, of improving each and every day, and I'm, I'm excited about this group of guys, but I don't know where we are. That's why it's fun to, you know, open up tonight and tomorrow night and against two good teams and we'll have a little bit better idea of where we are after these first two games. Now, I know you've done a lot of interviews in the last couple of days. I've paid attention to several of them. So I know you've been asked about Isaiah Thomas and his, his comments, but I want to be a little more specific. Uh, and he says, but what he did talking about you knowing everything I went through, you don't do that, bro. That's not right. What do you think he's talking about? I know people have asked you like, what do you think? But specifically, what do you think he's talking about there? You know, I can't be sure, but I just know that Isaiah gave us all he had. And he was a Celtic. You know, um, he was all in with us. And we were all in with him. And he had an amazing platform. And he uh, went from a guy that was, um, you know, that bounced around a little bit from Sacramento to Phoenix and came to Boston, found a home and played unbelievable basketball last year. You know, that going forward there, you know, he'll all point guard that play great in Celtics uniforms will be compared to Isaiah Thomas and how, and how they compare to him. And, um, but you know, I don't, I don't know what we owe him. Uh, we gave him an opportunity. We gave him everything he had while he was here and he gave us everything that, that he had. And he should have what I would think a great point guard this year in Kyrie Irving. He gets a chance to go up against his former team right away. Uh, at 25 years old, do you feel like he's a guy 
who can lead a team. And a lot has been made of him and, and his talent and what, what he can do on the floor. Do you think he has that, that total package of a guy who kind of on and off the floor can be a team leader? I do. Um, you know, again, you, you mentioned his, his age, and, you know, it's always hard. If you would have told me um, when we had Tony Allen that was here and he went left for free agency to go play, who was, you know, I don't know, our 10th or 11th man, and he went to Memphis and became the leader in the clubhouse the day he arrived, and if you'd have told me that Kendrick Perkins was going to be the leader in the Oklahoma City locker room the day he arrived and, you know, playing with Russell Westbrook and James Harden and, and Kevin Durant, albeit they were all young, um, I w- that would have surprised me, although not completely. But, you know, sometimes you grow into a position. You're not really – he wasn't – you know, he didn't have much of a chance to lead, obviously because LeBron is a great leader and – a great winner in this league. And so this is a, this is an opportunity for Kyrie. I don't expect him to be perfect in his first real opportunity at that um, role, but um, we have lots of leaders. We don't need one leader. We need, we have, you know, Al Horford is a terrific leader. Marcus Smart leads in his way. And, um, you know, I, I think that we, we don't need him to be like some sort of special, special leader. We need him to be a great player and a great teammate. We're talking with Celtics president of basketball operations, Danny Ainge. I remember talking to Bill Parcells one time about uh, a young player in the league, and Parcells said, you never want to throw a young player to the Wolves until you find out he's one of the Wolves. Is Jason Tatum one of the Wolves? Uh, we think he's pretty good. Yeah, we think he has a very bright future. And uh, he's, he is being thrown to the Wolves, so um, I would tell you that he is a Wolf. I like that quote, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> we're all talking about now. Now we're talking about Rudyard Kipling and uh, the Jungle Book and all this stuff. Uh, let, let me ask you about um, and Dale referenced it earlier when he was mentioning all the uh, off-season turnover. You know, eleven uh, eleven new players out of the fifteen from from last year. Um, that that takes a it takes a certain kind of temperament not to fall in love with a team that was very embraceable, that was very lovable. Um, wh- when did you think, when did you know that you were capable of doing something like that as a general manager? Were you, were you like that as a player? <laughs> I mean, it's like a cold hearted nature that, that has to be in place for you to just say, all right, I know we went to the conference finals, but it's not good enough. Let's move on. Well, you know, to be honest, I think that um, even some players knew um, there was, you know, the way we had planned our payroll, we had, you know, Celtics really haven't had many opportunities to have max cap space in their history. And the last two years, we landed two good players with cap space without having to give up assets. But we did have to give up some assets by not re-signing some players. Um, But we had prepared for a big trade or big free agency for a few years now. I think everybody is aware of that. We had signed one-year contracts with Jonas and Amir and Tyler and, you know, to try to use it, potentially use in, in um, trades for bigger name players and so forth. Um, so I think that the players aren't, aren't dumb. They, they get what's going on. And I think that the, the big trade to Cleveland was not necessarily or was never in any sort of plans for the future a long time ago but um 
you know, free agent signing this year and, and losing some of those and renouncing some of those players to keep that cap space has been in the plan for quite a few, for quite a while. What did you think of the development of Jalen Brown last year during his rookie season? You know, as the number three pick, obviously I would say high expectations, although it can be tricky to work your way into a team that is, that is really good. Did he meet your expectations? Did he fall short? Was it right, right there in the middle? What, what did you think of his rookie year? I thought his rookie year was fantastic, and you know the the re- I just I, I probably judge it different than maybe the average fan. I'm looking at his work ethic and um, how much he's learning about the game, um, his skill development, but how great of a teammate he is, uh, how how much he improved from just a competitive nature. I mean, talk about being thrown to the wolves some of the time, and he. Um, he, you know, he was put in early in the season to start a, ga- a game against LeBron and had 19 points. And the toughest thing with Jalen is he just didn't. There, there was not as much opportunity as there is right now for Jason or Jason Tatum as there was uh, much more opportunity for Jason than for Jalen. And um, mostly because of Marcus Morris's injuries out of the gate. Talking to Danny Ainge uh, with all the excitement of a new season and and a new roster and a lot of of uh, people changed here. What is something that's got you a little bit concerned as you go into the new season? What's something that, that you worry about a little bit? Well, I mean, I, the same thing as, as everybody worries about injuries. You know, we have one of our core guys here, one of our guys that, you know, our main rotation guys and Marcus Morris that's out and he's a versatile player. He can play a couple positions and, um, so, like you said, that you know that throws our 19-year-old Jason Tatum into the fire right away. So there's some good in that, and we'll see how that goes over the next couple of nights. But it would sure be nice to have Marcus healthy. And so those are really that's that's all I'm I'm worried about. And and yet and then, you know, just how long it will take the team to mesh. I think my guess is that we'll have some good good games and bad games in the early going of the season. And um, you know you certainly won't see me or Brad overreacting to those situations. We feel like we'll be a better team uh, at Danny, the end of the season than we are at the beginning. Oh, sorry about that. Danny, as you know, as a former member of the media, you know how shaky we can be with our predictions. Uh, that being said, I'm looking on ESPN.com for finals champion, predicted finals champion, and everybody, and I'm not exaggerating, everybody picked the Warriors uh, to repeat as champions, uh, do you think they're that good? And I know we talked to you at the beginning of last season. Did they surprise you with with how they were able to finish the the season with a flourish? No, I mean, listen, they're an extremely talented team, uh, and everybody knows that. And um, they're the, they're definitely the team to beat in the NBA. I think they have a target on their back, and everybody is is shooting for them and. Uh, I'm excited that the the team hasn't just folded over and just handed it to them. There's been a lot of teams that have really stepped up to the plate and and uh, I think can challenge them, but I still think that they're the favorite. And when you're trying to figure out a championship standard, I mean, are you do you go so far as to say when you're when you're building your team, okay, this is how we match up with Cleveland or this is how we match up with the Warriors or you just uh, or, or do you take a different approach? before you know that you're at that level that you need to be at? Well, you know, that's hard to do, Mike, because it's you, you just got to get the best players. 
And, I mean, we've seen all sorts of different formulas that win. Um, right now, it seems like positionless basketball is the vogue terminology, and I think that's just because there's not that many uh, incredibly uh, qualified production, offensive production big men anymore. So you hear the term positionless basketball, but, you know, big, you could still win with quality big men, I guarantee it. And, um, you know, there just aren't that many around. So that's what teams have to do. And when you have a team like Golden State, it's tough to go put a seven-footer out there that's not a dominant player like a Shaq or a Patrick Ewing or a Kim Olajuwon because they'll, they won't be able to guard um, an opposing center that is play, shooting threes and beating people off the dribble. Now, no extension reached with Marcus Smart. Was there frustration on on either side or or how did how did you leave it with with uh marcus and his agent that we'll revisit it this summer um you know it was something i think both of us would have liked to have had done but it didn't seem like either side was too bothered by it not being done i guess is is how i felt the negotiation and it was just a a good negotiation. I talked with Marcus a couple of times. I think he feels good about it. Um, you know, he, he really wants to bet on himself, and, and you know, he's put in a lot of work. I anticipate a, a really good year out of Marcus this year. Big night tonight in Cleveland, the opener against the uh, Cavaliers. Back for the home opener tomorrow night. Oh, real quickly before I let you go, do you expect LeBron will play tonight? I expect that he will, yes. Yeah, so do I. Danny, we always appreciate the time. Thank you. We'll t- we'll talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Take All care. Right, Danny. That is uh, Danny Ainge, president of basketball operations for the Boston Celtics. Say this, man. He is fearless. Yeah, you got. I, I, I mean, when when you take a Final Four team in the NBA and and ship eleven of the fifteen guys out of town, including by far the most popular player and best player you had. Yeah, not only was the team good, I mean, they were they were in the conference finals, but they were very likable. People loved the team. Right. Now, Isaiah, more so than anybody else, but just the team as a group, people loved watching them play. So it's a lot easier to tear down a team. Maybe you make it to the semifinals, the conference finals, whatever, but there's just something off about the team. You know, like for the, like the Red Sox this year, for example, like if you found a way to get rid of half the team, not a lot of people would be all that upset. Like, well, they won the division. I'm like, yeah, I just didn't really have a connection with them. You had a connection with the Celtics, and he still knew that that wasn't good enough, and I can't let my heart make all the choices, so I'm going to use my brain and make a ton of trades and, and sign some new guys. You know, it's crazy. This is how nuts the offseason was. That there's a the, – the most – outrageous move or the boldest move was not trading the number one overall pick. Right. That's how crazy yeah. it was. That's a good under, the number one a overall pick. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jason Tatum, they were going to get him anyway. Oh, yeah. Then the second most uh, you know, the second most newsworthy thing was, yeah, you picked up Gordon Hayward. That's a big deal. That's number two on the list. Crazy. And then the whole league was like that, and that's too. But just for the Celtics, right, to yeah, your point. Yeah, yeah everybody. Like, about the movement. Oh, yeah, Carmelo was traded. Carmelo was traded? Nah, that's not big news because Chris Paul was traded. Chris Paul was traded. Oh. Uh, Paul George. Oh, Paul George yeah, was traded. Was, oh, yeah. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler was, was traded. Was traded yeah. All of these moves in the offseason were all because of how great the Golden State Absolutely. Warriors are. You got you to keep every, up. Every team is saying, look, my team's not going to beat that team. I got to make moves. I got to do stuff. I mean, I think Wick Grosbeck and the ownership group here, 
got together with Danny and said, can this team beat Cleveland or Golden State anytime soon? No. Well, then we got to move it. Yeah, and you you talk about all the excitement of the offseason, and that's fine. You know, you get all excited uh, as a basketball fan. There was stuff to talk about in July and August and September. You're looking forward to the season. But there's a sobering reality here. When you look at some of these previews and you look at the starting fives, in the NBA, there's some bad teams. I was on Michael Jordan before, like, yeah. hey, Jordan, Why you can't you say that. Upset? You can't say that, Michael. Hey, Michael, I understand. Ugh. He's right. There are a lot of bad teams still, even with all the moves and, hey, we got to keep up with Golden State. But that's fine. Just looking at – Because you got a good one Looking here. at his team. Oh, yeah. Looking stinks. at Charlotte. Thanks. The Pacers. <laughs> the Nets. I mean, just the, the the Bulls. The Bulls. Bulls I, I think trash. the Bulls might be the worst team in basketball. Really? The, the, the Bulls might be worse than the Nets. Oh, yeah. They, they don't have any. Oh, I can see that. They don't have yeah. anybody that you want. Like, nobody on the roster. Nobody. Yeah, Chris Dunn guy? Chris Dunn. Thank you, Providence. No. <laughs> we got the Rhode Island callers calling in. All right. So again, call in. You want to watch it. Okay. If you call in and say, Hey, you're you're being too hard on Chris Dunn. What I want you to do is well, I want you to watch 25 Bulls games this year in their entirety. Then they get and then, and then come back and talk to me. They get Zach Levine in that deal. Yeah, ACL. He's oh. out. Well, he's out for a while. Nice player. Just a lot of an Orlando. But I the mean, top teams, the top the teams, top teams are, are great. But to Jordan's point, now he exaggerated. He said, yeah, you know, 28 on. garbage teams. That maybe 22 or 20. There's probably eight. No, but there's more than eight worth watching. I, I refuse to believe that it's about half the league you could talk yourself into watching. Really? You don't want to watch Boogie and uh, Davis down there? Not as much as you. I Right. You love Boogie. Yeah. Twin Towers, the new Twin Towers down yeah. there. Now that they For can one start more the year. He's in this fresh. contract year. No, For one more year. They're going to trade, trade him at the February. deadline. It's all right. Well, they get a chance to open the season tonight. They uh, come home to open the home schedule tomorrow night. And and Rich started at the beginning of the program saying this is as, as excited as he's been about a Celtics season opener in 10 years. I think a lot of folks are, are looking at the, the possibility of this team grabbing the attention of local fans. Now, I'm not saying they have to win the game against Cleveland tonight for that to happen. But if they did, it'd be really good. Yes. Beat LeBron. Then home tomorrow night against Milwaukee, which might be the third best team in the conference. Yeah, Milwaukee's good. They can stay healthy. Good team. So great a way to get to started. They're, not, they're a fun team to watch. They are. There you go. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.